That's the reception Mills Mullaheena gets as he comes off the field on 62 minutes. Well, we've gone to 31-3. This game is well over and we should be getting a bonus point now. Uh, absolutely. It's been a totally disjointed game and performance. Zebra down to 13 men at the moment and uh, Mills getting a great round of applause there. Uh, just close this game out, get another try. Welcome along to Craigie Island Rugby. That was Alan and William doing their usual thing. And Alan and William are with us. Alan Deegan, very welcome along. Thanks, Rob. William Davis, thanks for joining us. Good evening. Good evening, indeed. And it's warm in November. You all said you'd be freezing at this time of year. Andrew Flaus is with us as well. Debut on the podcast. We needed a Kiwi voice. Thank you very much there, Rob. You're taking over our team. <laughs> I think we took over your team a long time ago, Rob. <laughs> when Junior Charlie came over, I think that's when it all started. Anyways. You know, we're talking about that. We were just talking about at one stage, the spine of the team, and in my day, the spine was 2, 8, 9, 10, 15. Four of those were Kiwis. Yeah, absolutely. Can't argue with that. And look, we're all happy about it because all the young lads are getting a shot. It's, it's, I think it's balanced pretty well. I think we're coming at it from the right angle. There's been times in the past, William, where we were like, give some of the young lads a chance. But the guys that we're bringing in, like, I'd give you Bundiaki, one stat, nine tries and 20 Super Rugby appearances. He's prolific, that's for sure. And he shows a little bit of a spark today. Not, not necessarily on top for him, but... No, it was, it's a game you can't get really very excited about. It never got above much more than a mundane match. And the, there was quite a big crowd in here, but there, was, there wasn't an awful lot happening. And I think some of us at the end were a little bit kind of disappointed, but that's the level Connacht are at now. They win a game 43 points to three, and we're kind of going, hmm, that wasn't good. And we got five tries, and we got a bonus point. And I suspect they'll just do what they did after La Rochelle. They'll move on to the next game where it's a bit more serious. Yeah, and the problem is, is hard, there's no momentum coming off this game, is there? Not really, but it was, you know, the weather didn't, didn't help. Every time it looked as though it was going to stay dry, there was a huge rain shower and it just, sort of just made that ball a little bit too slippy. And you know, the, the Kiwi guys tried to play a little bit of rugby at times, but it wasn't a great game for, for offloading. Um, it wasn't a great game for straight line-out throwing either. Oh, don't talk. <laughs> Joe yeah. got me in, a, in the commentary there, Andrew. I, I said to him, Joe, you know, McCartney's come on. He's having the same troubles that uh, Harris Wright was having. So, you know, it's not just a hooker situation. could be the whole line. And he goes, yeah, uh, jumpers can't really throw the ball straight or not straight. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it was, it was a mess all around, wasn't it? Yeah. There's nothing much more to be said about it than that. In fairness, I, I don't think there was any team plays that Zebra team tonight. They wouldn't get much out of it because that was probably one of the weaker sides we've seen at Sports Ground and Pro 12. You think so? Yep. Yeah, I think it's I think it's probably the worst every team I think I've ever seen here because usually they turn up and give a real good go, um, but they wandered out after half time and you just knew by the body language they didn't want to be. Some of them didn't want to be here and some of them managed to get yellow carded so they could get ten minutes sitting on uh, the bench. I hear yeah, the second were, yellow card. They were, they were worse than La Rochelle and that's saying something. You know, yeah. it is the first time we've had a bonus point try against them. But they just can't withstand losing their Italian internationals. It's just not going to happen. No, no. But even even so, it's still the first time we've we've got a bonus point try against them. You know, it's just a it's a pity Glasgow couldn't do us a favour tonight. Like we're only a point ahead of Gla- Scarlets, and that game next week is a cup final. Nearly the yeah. whole season depends on it. 
What, 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 like the lads have given, we've heard a little bit from the lads on Mills Molina, so let's, let's get the New Zealander point of view. What, what do you think of Molina now? You would have watched a lot of him in his heyday in, in, in the All Blacks, and is he the type of player, O'Driscoll esque in a sense? Uh, yeah, sorry, New Zealand. Did I say All Blacks? Yes, you did. Yeah, New Zealand. Um, is he. How has this game changed, and, and what did you see of him tonight? Well, no, I, he didn't get so much opportunity to do much because of the conditions, but I would have said that uh, he seemed to have an awful lot of time on the ball, didn't yeah. he? Mm. He had a... Yeah, so there was plenty of opportunity for him to do to move around, to do things. So he, he just seems to have this uh, time on the ball, which is going to make a difference in, in, as things go forward. And he's probably going to create a lot as well, because like, I mean, he had an assist on that try, which was well, well taken. Even, even one of his breaks, I don't know, if you spotted Andrew but that like the slow break as I'm going to call it now it was like almost from a standing position they went oh that's a prop okay I'll just yeah. move this way but it, it's his body movement and, and just his ability to see a gap means that even if he doesn't have to pace he'll still go through yeah and also his ability to stand up you know to take the tackle and then wait for the support to come in behind him I thought was very good as well so he, he can get himself almost isolated and, and hold himself there it's very good too. We just call this the Mills Molina special, really, this podcast, because we're just we're, we're, it's going to be all about him. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I, I watched the, the in the first half, the first scrum we turned over on, you know, where we actually drove them off the ball. He came at unbelievable pace, and nobody saw him. Oh, you know, really? he, he just went boom, and he I was going, oh, and he's just gone. He was, he was, you know, nobody saw him. The ball went off out to the back. So I'm thinking, God, if that had gone to him, he was nobody said our guys didn't see him, their guys didn't see him, the ref didn't see him. You know, it was just an amazing line. We'll hear from him in a second in the audio, but he just said he, he didn't, you know, he didn't feel as sharp as he wanted to be. Not surprising, really. And you know, he was he was kind of a bit critical of of that kind of side of his game. But but I asked him, did he feel like he was able to make a bit of a difference with those little offloads? And and he was because I was thinking, William is, you know, we do see some good offloads in the tackle from Connick. The skill levels have raised this season, even without the likes of Aki and, and Moline and there. But there was just that extra offload in each move in this game, and that was the one that was making the difference. Yeah, I think we might have said that during the game that mm. they were both trying to do that all the time and keep the ball live uh, and it caught some of the other guys a little bit I think the one difference with modern rugby is that it's all about systems and it takes time to bed in I mean years ago invitation sides would meet up on a Friday throw the ball around go out and play like barbarians on a Saturday rugby doesn't work like that now it's all about positions and whiteboards and it takes time to bed in and that's what I suppose they've been doing since they got here and that's why it, it, it wasn't as smooth as it might have been and as Alan said the weather the weather definitely didn't help us which is a big change because we used to love playing rugby in that sort of driving rain not anymore yeah, it's, a, it's a bit like it's not a bit of a cliche to say that the weather isn't going to help the New Zealanders in one sense because they're well used to playing rugby in tough conditions and still still producing high skill levels and, and still being able to deal with this kind of conditions like yeah, I thought the other thing was that Zebra started playing offside uh, for most of the first half, didn't they? Yeah. And so, therefore, this gave no room for any creativity. That's why we had the offside rule in the first place. And so, you know, you don't expect a creative game when the opposition is defending from an offside position all of the time. Joe, in commentary, is a bit critical of the referee. Like, bear in mind that you're saying that. Would you be less critical of the referee? Do you think he had no choice but to give all those penalties? In both sides, really. Yeah, I don't. It, it was. I mean, it was ridiculous with the lineouts. Like yeah. we said, it was ridiculous with the scrums. 
Um, yeah. We weren't doing very well with our kicking as well. Our penalty kicking was appalling in the first half, mm. um, so unreliable. So it was just a mess all around, wasn't it? Total mess. Do you know one thing Molina said, which was interesting? He talks about wasn't happy with the exit strategy. I've never heard him refer to that. What he's talking about is yeah. in the 22, yeah. loose kicking. He says, we, we, we do that against the Scarlets, kick directly into touch from scrum half twice. Yeah. A lot of loose kicks, they're going to get punished. It was great to hear that from Mills, like pointing in at something that was like clearly something that was going wrong that you could say is could easily have happened in any game and would have been punished in a bigger game. Oh, we, absolutely we would have been punished. Now, having said that, um, I was very pleased that, you know, after the second time the scrum half kicked it straight into touch, he was taken straight off the field, <laughs> which is always, I, I like, I like yeah, to yeah, see yeah. T- t- good decision making like that. Someone's made a mistake. But then Cooney did it. No, he didn't. He didn't. Kick, he didn't go straight in. Oh, he didn't. No, he no, didn't. His, kick, his yeah. kick was a good kick. It was a bit too far, but it was a good kick, yeah. and we got a decent line chase on it. Um, they, you were, we were quite happy to give it to their backs. Mm. Like we were, <laughs> we were calling the move as it was happening. Now it was so slow. Their backs were, you know, we we could see what was happening so far, and we're standing in the stand and we can see what's going on. So you knew they were never going to score anything through the backs. Um, I was, I was impressed with Cooney. Like I, I saw him here against. Pontypridd and I didn't think he did a whole hell of a lot, but yeah. he was he was pretty sharp tonight. Yeah, that was for the Eagles, and I, I thought the exact same, and I, I was impressed as well because Porter is this mixed bag at the moment, and I mean we, we don't want to be too critical, but at the same time, Porter hasn't really grasped this and told you that he's our scrum half. Should uh, should Marmion be out? No, he definitely hasn't. He's um, he sometimes his, his pass is slow from mm. uh, from the base, and also he's inclined to get lost at the breakdown if the play has moved on. And they're looking round for him. I don't know, because he seems quite quick across the ground, but he mm. seems to take time to actually get to the breakdown point. And you see players' heads up, looking, where's the scrum half? Yeah. Uh, and that happened a couple of times tonight. George Niopo at one stage was almost sort of waving him in, because uh, he'd secured the ball and the referee was screaming at him to use it. Um, but he's one of those scrum halves that if you're not analysing the game too deeply, you could actually think he had quite a good game, because he does little cameos of really, really good stuff, like from a line-out in his own 22, he dropped the shoulder really well and then made a 35-metre break and it got us out of trouble, and he's capable of that, he has a half-break that, that is impressive, right? I don't know. I, I I saw him try it too, too many times. I think it was about the fourth time or fifth time. I know. I'm saying if you're not paying attention and you, yeah. you just pick out the one or two things. Okay, sorry. I forgot I was talking to you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> no need for that. I was, I was trying to trying to give the guy a little bit of an out. Yeah. No. Okay. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. No. No. Yeah. I. I he. He hasn't got to the speed. Like if he hasn't got to the speed of a zebra game, he's certainly not going to get up to the speed of a, a scarlet game. Agreed. Agreed. Even I agree. Anyways. It's a mirror image of the Mullane problem. Mullane has loads of time to do anything he wants, whereas yeah. this is the opposite, uh, that he, yeah, he seems just to, didn't seem to find enough time to do what he needed to do. Yeah. Mm. It's a yeah. tough game. Hey, listen, let's get some audio. I yeah, spoke to, go, go. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is the toughest game we've had to do a podcast on. Oh, with the crowd, like it was incredible. Like there was what they said there was 5,000 on it, it was maybe 3,500 on it. It was the quietest big crowd that we've had I know but the only singing came from the other stand yeah it was it, it, yeah I don't know it, it was just that sort of night it was just a strange strange game it was a bit like watching rugby in your living room wasn't it in the sense that yeah. we were talking about all sorts of other things <laughs> during the rugby <laughs> yeah. that reminds me I, I follow a bit of League of Ireland soccer and that's pretty like that's one of the biggest things about League of Ireland soccer look everyone will tell you the most diehard fans of Limerick Granny Club that the standard is at times horrendous but the best part of being a fan is just standing on the terrace and talking about life and then every so often just breaking away going he's offside and you're just getting back to it so 
anyways, you were telling me about the new job and, and so on. So I presume that was a there carbon was a copy. And I think it was because there was no tension in the game. There was no. The only tension was would we get a bonus point try. Hey, one that, thing, that was about it. One thing you gave off to me about a podcast that you weren't on was I have a tendency to introduce something and it takes me six minutes to actually bring it in. Audio, post-game, let's do it. Here it is. <laughs> All right, Mills, uh, first things first, when you took to the pitch out there, just talk to me what it was like to be in a Connacht jersey out there. You've been running on, helping the lads, talking to the lads for the last few weeks, bringing water on, trying to advise them. What's the difference in being actually standing there wearing the 15 jersey? Oh, no, it was really nice. I think uh, I think preparing the last sort of week or so has been, um, as, as it's gotten a little bit closer, I think um, you know the excitement's sort of come back into the belly. So yeah, it was really nice to see you out there tonight and, you know, it was... Pretty nice weather. It wasn't too cold out there, and nice to have a pretty, you know, really good crowd. So enjoyed it, um, but just uh, just missing a little bit of sharpness, I think. So I'll work over that in the, over the next couple of weeks, and um, you know, hopefully the lungs will, won't hurt as much next time. Just in terms of the environment to play in, what's what's it like out there? What's the sports ground like to other grounds you played in? Oh, it's magnificent. I think um, I think they announced over there that just over um, just under six thousand people tonight, but felt that like it was uh, at times a whole lot more. So. It's really nice to have provocial fans. I think um, you know, being in, in a place like Galway, they get running behind you, and, and the boys have done really well so far this season. So it's probably helped um, get a lot of bums on seats. So I've really enjoyed it. It's uh, you know it's a great atmosphere. They're a little bit different to what I'm used to, I suppose, with the uh, um, Greyhound track. But um, in saying that, it's a, it's a nice field, and, um, and certainly the, 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 the supporters get running behind you, which is awesome. You got some nice offloads in there. Did you feel you were kind of helping to make a little bit of a difference and give Connacht a bit more front football when you were able to just kind of get that ball out when people weren't expecting you to do that? Yeah, a little bit. I just um, didn't feel as sharp. I, I think um, just just decision making. Uh, I sort of consciously wanted to go into this game, not not wanting to try and do too much. I think do my do my own sort of role. The, the first half, um, probably a lot of mistakes. I think didn't really get uh, much momentum, but just trying to sort of stay um, stay positive and. Um, and sort of you know get the feel of the ball again and get into contact. That's probably something I haven't done um, heck of a lot over the last sort of seven months. So it was nice to do uh, a bit of that. Um, the second half, I think once we got a little bit of parity in the, in the forwards, um, enabled us to you know get a bit more momentum. So uh, it was nice to, to get your hands on the ball and, and, and play a bit of rugby again, as opposed to just uh, rehabbing, I suppose, which is really nice. Just looking around, the back seem to be well settled. You know, when Matty only makes two two breaks and McSharry loses his footing, did you get any sense of frustration when they're in the huddle chatting, or were you quite happy with the fact that the lads were able to just put that away and just try the next move? No, I was, I was, I was pretty happy. I think um, counter attack was uh, were really effective yeah. um, a few times, and even you know guys like um, you know John working back to forwards, you know connecting as well. So we we got a lot of. Um, you know, leeway. You know, through our counter attack, guys like you know uh, Maddie and, and Danny were able to get uh, front foot ball, which is really nice. And, and in particular, in, this, in these conditions, I think it's it's um, can be quite tough. But you know, a little half break here and there, um, yeah, it makes a heck of a difference in terms of our structure after that. So. There were a lot of opportunities um, after our counter-attack, which was pretty pleasing. Big game against Gardas next week. Yeah, it is a massive game. I think you know every game for us is pretty big, and, and in particular being here at the sports ground, you know we want to make it our fortress. And um, you know we've got a we've got a massive week ahead of us. I think the last couple of weeks we've prepared really well for this game. Um, you know we have a longer week this week, but we've got to go back to the drawing board. There's a lot of things that we didn't do quite well tonight, and in particular our exit our exit plays. You know we. Um, we struggled to get out of our own 22 and uh, making mistakes like kicking the ball out in the fall and or losing the pill. Um, you know, a team like the Scarlets can really hurt you if, um, on those things. So 
lots to work on, but um, it is really pleasing to get a, a win like we did tonight and to keep them scoreless. So defensively, I thought we were pretty good. Right, lads, we have to talk about something else because, yeah. you know, yeah. at the end of the day, we've just beaten Zebra. Fantastic. Not necessary about it, really. Uh, can I ask you about international players? I'm going to bring you in on this first, Alan. We see what foreign players bring to Connacht. It's fantastic. These guys have just reinvigorated our team. Daryl Leader just came onto the pitch and Mills Molina came off for him and gives them a big get on with it, give it your best shot. Is that not what we want? It is what we want. Connacht are a professional franchise. They're our team. Our young players can develop in it. But at international level, as proud as I am that Nathan White is progressing in his career while a Connacht player, he's only here three years. How Irish is he? And what, what, how do you define international rugby? Well, yeah, I suppose there's, there's two elements to that. Like this, the first bit is, is, and I think the reason it's happening and the reason you have so many of the Southern Hemisphere guys coming up and playing is that rugby's a tiny sport. We keep forgetting how small rugby is. Mm. It's a tiny sport compared to most of the other sports, and certainly at international level, you know, it's a tiny sport. So there isn't the numbers. And so in order to make sure that the quality of the game is higher, you, you take guys who can't get into a the top 15 in New Zealand or South Africa or Australia and you, you give them other op- options and they, so they can come up here and, and improve it up here now they you know that, that's, that's one element how Irish is the guy when he's lived here for three years that's a hell of a commitment for someone to make to go and live somewhere yeah, else for three it is. years and, and I don't believe there's, a, there's an actual deadline on it I think you can move somewhere and be Irish within six months but I think we've lost the definition about what changing countries means like Trent Johnson yeah, yeah. is a great example in yeah, cricket yeah. he came here for other reasons he didn't just come here to play cricket for Ireland in fact I don't even think that was necessarily on his radar initially yeah. and then he became this great Irish cricketer who we'll all be so proud of and he married an Irish woman but it doesn't have to marry an Irish woman he just didn't come here specifically here. yeah he didn't specifically come here to get mm. a contract to play professional rugby and a lot of players it's, it's a career choice because unlike other sports only cricket and rugby do this you only cricket and rugby international bodies pay their players no right so at, at the end of the day that makes it a little bit different than soccer yeah if, if you look if you stick with cricket for a second i know this is a rugby podcast england are probably the worst offenders of this and have been serially for many years and it is a big issue among yeah. england cricket supporters yes. it started in the 1980s in apartheid because South Africa couldn't play rugby or sorry couldn't play cricket and couldn't play rugby but particularly cricketers came to England qualified Alan Lamb Robin Smith Chris Smith etc and over the years others Kevin Peterson obviously and it's become almost the norm and it's gone into rugby uh, England have they I've, seem to be the I, well I've lost track I've, I've actually yeah, given up there's just these guys and you see a strange name and you think well he's not English but he's from wherever he could have been in England since he was 15 he could have been in England since he was 12 hmm. you he, think of Falatau who like, grew up in Wales yes. but his dad came over here so like yeah, so you don't want to make the wrong assumptions so, that, so that's, that's why it's a complicated Situation. Uh, I think it's amazing that there are South Africans turning out to play for France when they have, is it four professional leagues? Um, but I don't think you'll stop it. I don't think there's any will to stop it. So I think, I think if you can't beat them, join them. What's the thinking from a man who's living in Ireland quite a long time, but at the same time, New Zealand is close to your heart, and I know New Zealanders do have a lot of frustration with what the European teams are doing. Not that they're not capable of taking a few Pacific Islanders when they're on show. Well, the Pacific Island questions are completely different thing, Are you going to do the whole New Zealand thing? No, they grow up wanting to play for the All Blacks. They're not having that. The way, the way I'd look yeah. at it is that it's the dependence, so you don't want to become dependent upon importing players. Players, like some of the sort of the fringe competitive international nations seem Japan, to have become yeah, yeah. Japan or you could even have said Italy for a long period of time as well so it's oh, yeah. it's that so 
you become addicted to importing these players because you're just incapable of developing your own. Whereas if you have a crisis in a particular position, then why not take somebody for a small amount of time? The point is rugby is very much a team game. And so therefore, if you're going to destroy the entire uh, successful possibility of the team just because you have one gap which you haven't managed to develop for whatever reason, then why not have sort of like a a wild card if you like. Let's move on to the, to the rest of this season for Connacht because it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is where it's really coming down. This was game one, the 10-game pod, I'm going to call it. Mm-hmm. 63 days, 10 games, six home, four away, four European, six pro 20. Yeah. That's when we'll know where we're going. That's where we'll know where we are in the pro 12. Yeah. 9th of January, we play Edinburgh here. We don't play a home Pro 12 game then until March, and there's only four of them spread out over 17 weeks, which I think is crazy, but that's the way the schedule is. That's when we're going to know whether Mills Mulaina, Bundyaki, McCartney, uh, young Jake Heenan, if he comes back. Because this season, we are, we're in a different level at the moment. We've, we've got five, six wins. We've never been here before. We've never been here before. Like we're we're into November and we're we're talking about next week being a cup final because if we win next week we go hopefully five points ahead of twenty three um, points from what? What have we played? Eight, eight games. games. Yeah, but it's, it's you know next week we're scarlets. We're a point ahead of the scarlets now. Yeah. We win next week. If we deny them a bonus point, all the better. But if we win next week, we we have a lead. You know, we we've something to to mm. you know to to protect. Whereas if you don't win, then in two of the key head-to-heads against Cardiff, you've lost ground with a draw at home. You got to win yeah. away to win the head-to-head with them. Yeah. And against the Scarlets, now you have to go there to win the head-to-head. So in two of the key bat- matchups for the for the top six, you're looking at you're looking at crucial results. Well, I think we want something tangible from this season, mm. and the thing that I can see is finish sixth and get into the European Rugby Champions Cup or whatever it's called. Sponsored by Heineken. Sponsored by Heineken because nobody else has joined in yet and that's a tangible outcome. If you don't achieve that at the end of the season, no matter how many points you have and how many wins you've had, you're going to think, well okay what did we actually, where did we get to? And I think that's where you they've set this up I think it'll be an opportunity lost if we don't. Yeah. If we don't get to, because if we get there next year, we will have, have these guys from the start of the season. We'll have them all ready to rock and roll. We'll hopefully re-sign a lot of the guys who are up. Their, their, their contracts are up at the end of the year. There's guys like Pullman and I think McKeown's is up as well. And there's about four or five of them that we should be looking at, you know, tying down, signing them up, and then maybe getting somebody else in, um, you know, to, to sort of bolster the squad and then have a, have a crack at the Champions Cup. Yeah, why not? Yeah, look, it's it mightn't seem now very important in November, but next September it will be, and it'll also be important if you're trying to sign players and keep them here, as Alan has just said, because the Challenge Cups a complete waste of time, which goes nowhere. You get your, I'm sure, I'm I'm sure there's prize money and a trophy, but we've now started this season better than ever. Better than ever. Okay, there you go. That's the simple thing. So there's an expectancy, and these games up to the to this match against Edinburgh, it's a very hard schedule. You have three interprovincial games in 13 days in yeah. December, and that's that's the kernel of the season. You'll know then whether you're actually going to be competing. And I'm not talking about getting in the top four because I think that's too far away. There's too many wins required. 
tonight was just a stepping stone to that, and they'll have already moved on from this, other than to examine the errors. Yeah. Just, uh, I rang Alan after the Ospreys game, and I said, oh, I was, oh, that was a chance gone, they weren't very strong. Alan said, I don't care. All I care about is the home games, and Connacht remain unbeaten, so what do you think of that, Andrew? I think that there's another, another perspective you can take on this as well, is that the IRFU tipped a whole pile of money into Connacht and you're actually seeing success out of this and you're seeing success in a different level because we've become from you know table bottom we've become a mid-table team and that means we're taking points off all the other mid and top table teams which sucks the entire table together so now what is it there's there's only about eight or ten points between the top mm. seven sides or something this is making a much better pro 12 competition for everybody so mm. uh, I think that's a, an important part of the the investment in rugby as well we're ending up with a much better competition out of this there's not the a division and the b division within this pro 12 table leinster will win in treviso this weekend but we suddenly look at that because now connick leapfrog leinster for a few days and then they'll have to get back ahead of us scarlets versus glasgow both sides missing their internationals but that had a lot on it glasgow have going really well scarlet's got a big win there tonight and we're all kind of going damn we kind of thought maybe glasgow could have upset them there yeah it would have been you know it would have been nice if, if glasgow could have taken mm. something for us and but you know, you're looking at Monster One as well. They, they they hammered the Dragons. So like, actually, there is a two division thing there. Just at the moment, we're <laughs> we're just hanging onto the coattails yeah, of, the, it's of mu- the. It's a much bigger two division yes. thing, yeah, yeah, if yeah. you like. The, it's two thirds and one third, not fifty fifty, and we're in the bottom fifty yeah. percent. Anyway. Of course, and that's that's partly down to the fact that you know you have to qualify for Europe now. That the qualification has changed. That was definitely something that was needed, and definitely has improved the quality of. of Thank you, team. English club rugby. Okay, yeah, well, <laughs> let that one go. <laughs> um, but you know, you're, you're looking at a situation where you know one of the guys was chatting. One of our conversations as we were watching the match was, was talking about it. He'd he'd, um, he'd met Mills out and, and asked Mills, you know, how was he enjoying Galway and what he thought. And Mills said the the only disappointment is that he didn't sign for two years. He said because he's apart from enjoying Galway, he says the talent here is incredible. So yeah. that you know that bringing these guys in, I think, helps because. Our guys have come up with a, you know, you get you get a hundred cap all black, telling you, you know, you're you're a really good player, and and there's there's guys in New Zealand that you're at the same level as. That that's going to help with the whole. Looking at Daryl Leader, he's just come back from being the 24th man for Ireland, and you know, running drills with Gordon Darcy and Felix Jones and Rob Carney, and and here he is now. You know, things are looking sharp. I mean, tonight was just whatever. <laughs> you know, we're absolutely delighted with the five points. Beyond that, we can't read a lot from Ireland. I don't think you can read anything into it, but. Usually when we play Zebra, it's uh, it's a game we win, but there's nothing riding on it. Tonight, five points, and away you go for next week. Next week, as Alan says, is, is, is almost the biggest game of the season. Let me just map it out. Scarlet's next week, Bayon at home the following week, then Bayon away six days before a trip to Leinster, then Ulster on Stephen's Day. I have to drive to Belfast on Stephen's Day. No one really cares about my life anyways, but this should be a good game. Oh, I'll be there. It's the first, first time I've managed to get up to Belfast in three years. That should be good. Oh, yes, yeah. And Munster at home, which will be a cracker on New Year's Day, and then Edinburgh. Then you got those last two European games, which included a home game against Exeter, way to La Rochelle. I know we don't care about them, but we will want to keep our home record uh, tidy in that competition. Yeah, absolutely. But the, the real test is how he handles the two Bayonne games. Um, we'll probably win here because they'll send the thirds, but they like to win at home. So, and if we've only six days before the next game, you know, the, and Leinster the RDS, yeah, which is yeah. which is the one away game you may be able to sneak something. And you might, as you say, because like they'll have come off. Who are they playing? I, I, 
some big some some big team home and away but they're actually they're, they're away first in, the, in that in other competition in the other competition the Champions <laughs> Cup of Champions or whatever so yeah 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 sponsored by Heineken sponsored by Heineken <laughs> the, hey lads the, the mower is finished yeah the yeah. sand sand has been safely mowed yeah it has it's good and Aaron's here on the phone our stats man is just uh, just getting through his final final dealings final word on Mills Molina are you a bit more excited this evening than you were maybe before the game yeah, I did. Well, I mean, there's been a history of big players coming here and uh, falling to injuries. We Eric saw Peters. <laughs> we saw, and we saw Bundiaki go down, uh, four what, minutes four minutes into the game. And, and he wasn't kind of the same oh, afterwards, no. but that's for another channel. We might, we might leave that open in, in, until next yeah. week. Whereas I thought it was a, it was a good performance, wasn't it? You mm. wouldn't, it? It was interesting. There was uh, definitely talent there. And so uh, there's great possibilities uh, that, that Molina lad could go places, I think. He sticks with us. <laughs> well, well, absolutely. Uh, bit of history. 40 years ago on a day, oh, yes. I came here to see Connacht play New Zealand in 20th of November 1974. And 40 years and a day later, we've now got New Zealand 100 cap players playing for us. I don't really know what that all means, but that's a factoid for you. Like Sid going playing for playing for Connacht back in the day, it would have been hard to believe then. So, uh, yeah, that's a podcast coming up too. I'm working away in the background. We, myself and William, have done a special on that. But uh, thanks for joining us, Alan. Yeah, you happy overall with Mills? Yeah, he ran on and he ran off. He wasn't hurt. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we for another week. Break, break. One more week of Mills. <laughs> and, uh, and one last thought, Rob. Here we heard that uh, Ballon Robes oh. minis were here tonight, weren't oh, they? Were they? Yeah. So I think your mum's probably wanting to take you home. So it might be a good time to <laughs> stop the podcast right now. <laughs> nice one. Oh yeah, that's uh, that's Andrew's last appearance on the podcast. <laughs> we saved that one yeah, for you. Yeah, we kept it. We kept it. That's harsh. Poor McCartney. Hello, come back. Poor McCartney. Oh yeah, Tom McCartney played yeah, and he played he played hooker and he played loose head prop. You know, and we, we hardly say a word about the lad. He's not big enough to be a loose head prop. No, no, I thought he was going to be bigger than that. <laughs> I don't know if we can leave this in, but hey, maybe we have. Who knows? Bye, bye, folks.